Mr. Talking Games Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, this is episode four of the Talking Games Podcast. <laughs> uh, it is officially Sunday, 23rd of January, 2022. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. Quick bit note for all you indie devs listening. Um, we do have the option for you to add a group. That will obviously also include live streaming. You can send it on our store. Your posts go straight on our website, so you don't have to worry about us doing it. All you have to do is send us an email. Let us know if you are interested. And we will add you to the website as a uh, developer account. Thank you, everybody, though, for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on the website, gamesinquirer.com. Uh, and at Games Inquirer on all Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, there is a new podcast from Jared from last Thursday. Apologies, Jared, I didn't get to share it. Uh, I ran out of time on, t- on Thursday and Friday, and then I completely forgot. I will get that up today, though. Uh, so there'll be two podcasts on the socials for you to go listen to. Uh, but uh, biggest news of this week, Xbox has bought Activision, uh, which I was very surprised at. Bill Spencer did say, I think it was back, was it back in December or November? He said he was going to reevaluate their relationship. I actually, <clears throat> I don't know if this is true, but I read that Activision was the one who was looking to sell and they were shopping themselves around and Xbox I responded. I read that in just one article. I do not know if that's true. Well, that is quite a surprising news story, to be honest, because Activision, in case you guys weren't aware, and I have seen people that aren't, specifically on twitter that have said activision is like a small publisher and xbox no uh activision blizzard is or was the largest uh publisher that wasn't owned by another company uh anywhere outside of the console makers uh so they were bigger than ea bigger than take two they make roughly about 80 80 to 90 million a month uh which is larger than uh, EA, Take Two, so on and so forth, uh, but they are the la- one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, publishers uh, in America, at least. But the deal has gone through as far as initial standings go. It will be finalised next July, next year, uh, not this year, obviously. Uh, but they have announced that they are still looking to bring it to games, the PlayStation. A very carefully worded tweet. We will get to that in a sec. Uh, but we will quickly announce they have sold for $68.7 billion, uh, which is the largest ever amount uh, required for a game's purchase or an acquisition in the gaming industry. Uh, Bobby Kotich will continue to serve as CEO and maintain their focus on driving efforts uh, to further strengthen the company's culture. However, uh, this is only rumoured uh, by Wall Street journalists who wrote this. Um, has stated that it's from insiders close to the deal that he will uh, eventually leave, but there is no solid confirmation at this point in time. Uh, he is or will be mostly, uh, a lot of people think, remaining in the job. Uh, he did recently uh, announce in an interview or a meeting uh, that he will be staying on as far as uh, to make a smooth transition. If he does leave, he will get somewhere a minimum of $250 million, uh, which is an insane amount considering all the damage this guy has done to the company uh, and to his staff. Uh, there was a meeting this past week with Bobby Kotich. Uh, he didn't basically turn up late. Uh, his staff were not too happy with the fact that he was uh, cut the meeting short. They didn't get to ask any questions whatsoever. Um, he just said, uh, this is what's happening. See you later. And then left 
pretty much after turning up like 20 minutes late to this meeting um Eurogamer this past week did put out a uh, an article uh basically he's frustrated the employees at an internal meeting he failed to address concerns of what's going to happen to a number of staff where the staff will be staying how many staff are staying what IPs they're going to keep working on um Bobby Kotich held in min- morning of 20th so three days ago uh, to address employee concerns one of which was how many people will be forced out the door because Xbox is buying it they don't know who's staying or not uh they took place over a video conference uh, which was just 16 minutes long uh, it billed for 30 minutes originally it was meant to last for 30 minutes he walked up seven minutes late failed to respond to fielded questions which had been submitted in advance and then decided he was going to leave and he just dropped out of the call after 16 minutes. Uh, He likened Activision to being important as his children and fear who will not let go of it. So there is fears that he's going to refuse to leave uh, if this does happen. Uh, Anonymous Poi told the Washington Post uh, there's no mention of a strike, the lawsuit or any continuing issues. Uh, this might not have been a Q&A at all. We could have read a press release and slept an extra 15 minutes, to be honest, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, Washington Post did say that uh, Bobby Kotich at the moment is possibly leaving. Uh, sources close to the uh, meeting have said that he will likely leave, um, but there's no confirmation he's actually going to leave. So people speculating it need to slow down a bit because there's no no confirmed uh withdrawal of his contract xbox have not said they're removing him all we know is at the moment he is still a member of the management team and he will answer to phil spencer uh playstation though this took a massive hit to playstation stock did you see how much it it cost them after the announcement of this acquisition 20 billion 20 billion yeah um people were saying xbox is smaller than playstation that is incorrect um sony playstation has a 147 billion market cap uh xbox has 2.2 trillion uh so people saying oh xbox exclusives they're they're not gonna switch it take them off playstation because it will hurt them they need they need the money they don't playstation needs the money more Uh, i will go into why playstation um is going to be desperate for this but it will go eventually all activision games will go into xbox and i will explain that in just a minute uh but playstation has responded uh saying they are um expecting xbox uh, to abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure activision games are multi-platform uh your thoughts on quickly before i completely destroy all playstation fanboys hopes well, <clears throat> my thoughts are that at the moment I am more a PlayStation person, and I think I was I recently started playing for the first time the game uh, Days Gone, which is, uh, as we know, a PlayStation Four exclusive. And I was thinking about the fact that Xbox, Xbox, like what is, what's does Xbox ever put out new IPs? Like what's the what they put out Sea of Thieves, and besides that, I feel like all they really have is Halo and Gears. Um, so. If, if for me personally, just personally, if you take all these like multiplayer focused games like Overwatch, Call of Duty, and you take them off PlayStation, personally that wouldn't bother me. But I know tons of my friends are like addicted to Warzone. That's like how people, that's like how friends these days, especially adult friends, get together is through online gaming. And uh, if you're a PlayStation gamer and you play Warzone with your friends and they take that away, that would totally suck. Um, I thought one thing that I thought was really funny was uh, Carrick from 
Angry Centaur Gaming on YouTube was covering this story, and he combined he compared the the um, the way Microsoft does its whole executives, and he showed like a family tree of all their executives, and he compared it yeah. to the Nemesis system in uh, in the sh- <laughs> in the Shadow of Mordor games, and I thought that, that was so funny. That is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm gonna destroy uh, PlayStation fanboys' hopes right now, and I do apologize. Um, but this has to be said because this is becoming a bit of annoyance right now. Uh, Phil Spencer put out in a recent tweet um, that uh, basically this tweet, I will read it right now. Uh, He said he had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirm our intent to honour all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on platform uh, on PlayStation. Uh, Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Now, I'm in PR because technically what we do is public relations. Um, This is a very carefully worded PR tweet. Uh, This is not something that Phil Spence wrote in the back of a cab saying, I'm on the the road to see you peeps catch you in a minute. That isn't something he's not written this like on the fly. This is something that's been personally written by a PR guy uh, for Phil Spence's account. Now, you will notice he said existing agreements. Uh, so PlayStation have agreements with Activision, uh, which are contractually, they are contractually obliged to bring uh, certain Activision games to PlayStation, Call of Duty in particular. However, uh, Xbox, as correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Xbox and PlayStation make most of their money and make the bulk of their income from selling consoles. It's not from selling games, uh, because when you sell a game, you have to pay the developer and the retail, uh, the developer and the publisher, uh, and you also have to make sure that you are selling, especially digitally. If it's on PlayStation, PlayStation also get cut. So Xbox, if they were to sell on a PlayStation store, would lose, wouldn't make as much money as if they would sell it on their own. Xbox exclusives make more money because Xbox is the publisher, so they can take that cut for themselves. If the studio that they own uh, is making that game then that game also comes that money from that game digitally comes back to xbox as well digital makes more than physical granted call of duty has been in the top 10 now since launch uh roughly is making the top at least in the uk uh, for making the most money boxed um so call of duty in vanguard in particular even though it wasn't a great game it's, it's really average it's good it's not anything better than a three out of five the most of that money if Xbox was to put it on their console, they make most of it back. Selling box costs distribution, costs manufacturing that box, artwork, uh, and then they have to sell it to a retailer. But retailers and wholesalers, they'll just give them a percentage of what they sell at the store. It's not $70. They're not buying it for 70 They're spending probably about 25 per disc. That being said, if they were then to market that for PlayStation, they'd have to spend more money to market it for PlayStation boxes, PlayStation merchandise, etc., etc. This is only contractual. When he's saying he's bringing Keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, he's not talking about the single players. He's talking about Warzone and Black Ops because that is free because it's digital. And the only way, the way that game makes money is selling it via in-game purchases, income. That money, whilst they still would have to give a little bit to PlayStation because it's going through their store, they're still making most of that money back. So they're not going to cut Warzone off. 
what they will cut off is the single player games. What they will cut off are games like, uh, say, Spyro, for example, or Guitar Hero. Those games are not coming to PlayStation. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that are annoyed. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be very unhappy. I think Xbox exclusives are going to kill the industry. PlayStation did this throughout the entirety of the PS4 reign. They cut off Final Fantasy. Uh, Street Fighter was a PlayStation exclusive on PS4. They did that specifically because nobody would want no other genre. The Street Fighter is the biggest fighting game in that genre. Xbox didn't have anything to compete with it. So the only way for Street for developers of that genre to make money back or to sell well is to sell on the same console that Street Fighter is on because they can share market cap. PlayStation have done that for the last year. So if PlayStation are allowed to have exclusives, so are Xbox. The only issue that PlayStation gamers are not liking is the fact that Call of Duty or what they think is going to happen is Call of Duty is going to stay multi-platform from this tweet. It's not. Uh, they Certain games, free-to-play games, games that make money for in-game purchases for income and loot, etc., will remain on PlayStation. But the single-player games, the big releases like Vanguard, will be Xbox exclusive only, uh, at least until these contractual obligations uh, cease. Because contractually, they are obliged to sell those games uh, for the moment. And that deal, after July next year, uh, that deal will likely close. So, unfortunately for PlayStation gamers, uh, you are going to be out of luck. Um, and I know this is going to be upsetting a lot of people. Uh, do you think this is going to cause like mass outrage when they finally announce, okay, yeah, we're uh, we're not bringing it to PlayStation now? Uh, <clears throat> I think it'll cause online outrage. And I think... The reality of the situation is that people are just going to have to make a choice. Do you want to, do you need to play single player Call of Duty campaign? Like, is that a priority for you? Then you're going to have to get an Xbox. I feel like these days, every time a Call of Duty single player campaign comes out, all anybody does is complain about it. So I don't know what exactly we think that we're missing, us PlayStation gamers, if Call of Duty is only exclusive to Xbox. Um, But, I mean... I think that it feels all is fair, you know, like, I guess when it comes to business, if what you're doing in business is legal, yeah, it sucks to piss off fans and the consumer, but it is what it is. For me, it does feel a little unfair. Like there are so many IPs in there that are no longer going to be on PlayStation. Like the fact that like if I Crash Bandicoot 4 was like one of my favorite games, like that game was amazing. And if they make a five and I can't play it on PlayStation, I'll be very upset. But, I mean, what can you do? Maybe I'll just get an Xbox. <laughs> I think most. I think that's what Xbox is banking on because Xbox and PlayStation make most of their money from selling consoles, and they have to recoup nearly seventy billion dollars. Yeah. There's no way they're going to keep running games on PlayStation when they're not going to make much money from it. The way they want is people to buy an Xbox console. Right. That is the way they're going to keep making money and and recoup this seventy billion. It is rather large. It's not going to affect their bottom line too much because the company's worth $2 trillion. But at the same time, when you look at how much money they've spent, how much money these games are going to cost, they're going to want to make some money back and quickly. 
I don't think this is a 10-year plan. I think this is something they're looking at for the next two to three years, at least for this console generation, if not longer. So they're going to want to make sure they have that money back from that deal so they can start making even more profit. Xbox is about making money. It's a business. They're not going to look at this and go, okay, well, we've made this much money. Let's now stop and let everybody play it. No, this, this it's it would not be a smart business decision from any aspect. Uh, it would definitely affect their bottom line. Um, the the calls on Twitter and the arguments about how this is going to uh, stay multi-platform and everybody going, oh, no, it won't. It will. It will become exclusive to Xbox. Unfortunately, if you're an Xbox player, it's great. Uh, if you're PlayStation, sorry. You know, I don't know what you want from this. I don't know what you think Xbox and Phil Spencer are going to do, primarily. Um, but moving on, uh, Call of Duty developers at Raven Software have voted to unionise following uh, the continued uh Bobby Kotich saga of depression. Um, 30 staff have asked management to recognise their union. Uh, a group of call, uh, quality assurance testers at Call of Duty are seeking to unionise with the communi Communication Workers of America. Uh, they are 34 people uh, called the Game Workers Alliance. Uh, officially asked parent company Activision Blizzard to recognise them and to give them the same voting rights as everyone else. Uh, Communication Workers of America spokesman told Polygon 78% uh, of eligible QA workers voted to support unionisation in the industry of last year, uh, which has been led by Raven's QA team. A number of Activision Blizzard employees have been striking since early December. Uh, they have still yet to return to work. Uh, Activision informed 12 QA workers their contracts will be terminated on January the 28th. Uh, they have let approximately, I think it was about 60 people go. Um, the layoffs will reduce QA's team to 40. Uh, which mainly works on Warzone, uh, which is just over 30%, according to protesters. Uh, it's claimed the affected staff let go are in good standing. Uh, they hadn't had any issues. None of them were uh, involved in any sexual harassment or sexual abuse or any of the things that are going on at Activision. Um, but they have stated they were let go because of the fact that they refused to turn to work. Um, and Bobby Kotich is basically letting people go for speaking out about him and things that he said uh, because they've called him out on it he's basically fired them real quick uh, quick question quick question just maybe so you can explain it in case this question people listening have the same question yeah this so they're letting go of qa testers correct yes if there is no need for qa testers in a company why should they be held on to well because QA testers are the sort of people that do bug testing for games before they release. Um, they are the first point of call when it comes to a glitch and they need to fix it. Usually they are developer trained, so they, they know how to code and develop games. But they're in the QA testing uh, department because they know where to find the bugs and fix them and how to fix them. And then they'll provide detailed reports to the development team and say, this needs fixing, this needs fixing, this is how to do this, that and another. They are quite, um, they are quite, what's the word? Uh, they are very good at their job. Um, there is another other companies like Tech Army, et cetera, that do the same sort of thing. They're third party, though. It's cheaper to have an in-house QA testing team because if you have an outsourced testing team, the wages are usually higher because you have to pay the company to, to provide that service. We right. offer similar um, but we don't really do that at the moment because we don't have enough teams to actually develop and 
and test games like full time. Um, we need more people for that. But um, basically, all of these staff are nothing to do with the investigations or anything that's going on. They've been let go because they've refused to return to work and they want to unionise and they called out Bobby Kotic for saying and doing things and they want him to leave. And because they have this attitude towards the CEO or current CEO, because he will likely leaving, they've been dismissed and let go out the door, which seems like wrongful termination to me. But QA teams are very, very valuable when it comes to pre-releasing because without QA teams um, who predominantly are overworked and one of the most overworked departments in games because they have to make sure that game is workable before they can ship it. It can't go gold without QA sign-off. Without them, those games would struggle. Call of Duty uh, Warzone will be an absolute mess without a Ravensoft team. Uh, it, is a, it, it is a mess as it is. It is, but it'd be a hell of a lot worse. Could you imagine right, right. if there was no quality assurance at right, all? Right. So... These these guys have been let go. They are prior to announcements of layoff. Uh, staff were told on multiple occasions they were put. They had a positive departmental changes coming. Uh, something was allegedly used to explain an absence of promotions and raises originally expected in March of last year. Uh, immediately after work, they all got together. Some people came over uh, to uh, one of these testers' houses, had comforted one of them, cried uh, because they knew they were going to be fired. Uh, then over the coming days, they just can't be silent about this. We can't just let this happen. And then they finally decided to strike. Uh, they've had a real coming together uh, at, quality, at Ravensoft under the QA team after the beginning of the strike in early December. They're really excited for this beautiful union and the outcome of this. Uh, the SEC filing following the announcement, Activision claimed to be unaware of any strikes. <laughs> so this strike's been going on since December and they didn't even know. That's, that sounds like more PR speak, because if you remember, they didn't know there was any sexual harassment claims when they did. Uh, it's also become evident that the equity will never be achieved without collective bargaining power. Uh, the developers as well are seeking to unionise, which they sent a letter to man company management uh, as of Friday. So PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Activision uh, are having some more problems internally. Uh, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon, to be honest. Uh, this seems like a... <laughs> Like a bit of a joke at the moment. Um, but I can't believe they didn't even know that this, this strike was happening. They've been in it since December. Yeah. Is there is there data to suggest that they are replacing all the people that they let go? And maybe no, no, no. They haven't they haven't I mean Activision has I think about two to four thousand staff across all departments. So the fact that they've let 30, 40 people go uh, is not surprising because I think this may, I mean, I don't know what the, the internal department is, what the discussions have been with Xbox uh, prior to this. I don't know if this was because of directly calling out, but the timeline will suggest it is. But the fact that this is happening now and they're firing staff who are unionising and are calling for Bobby Kotick to be removed is very sus. Uh, I would be very, very careful on speak because I don't know who's going to be listening to this and I don't want to get sued. But <laughs> I'm I'm thinking it's probably Bobby Kotich has seen the backlash from his own staff and gone, I want this person gone, I want this person gone, because they have been very outspoken on, on social media, especially on Twitter and Facebook. 
So I, I think the company is paying attention to those people and are they don't want negative press. I mean, there was rumours, um, a couple of people actually came out and said this is true, that Bobby Kosich tried to buy Kotaku and Games Radar to stop the negative press, uh, to basically flip the script as it was, as it were, uh, to get people to ch- change the narrative so that he didn't look like so much of an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that didn't happen. They turned him down. Uh, but apparently he tried to buy the media out to stop them reporting on it. So I'm thinking this is this. He's he's well aware of people striking. He's well aware of public opinion. He knows all too well. Either he doesn't care or he's a selfish, jealous, selfish toddler who doesn't like criticism. Um, and he's going to be trying to shut these people up as much as he can, uh, as far as that goes. Um, but. Speaking of Activision and PlayStation and Xbox, uh, apparently PS5 will outsell Series X uh, consoles 2 to 1 in 2022, which is very surprising news uh, because PlayStation is only releasing 1 million consoles this year. Uh, The Switch will be 2022's best-selling, though, because of the OLED. Um, But the Xbox consoles will be selling less than PlayStation. Uh, However, Switch is meant to sell 21 million uh, consoles this year. Apparently, PlayStation are forecasting 18 million sales for PS5 and 9 million for Microsoft. That's come from Empire Research, uh, which is a data collection company in gaming. Uh, The biggest selling console is still going to be Switch. However, they have said uh, that PlayStation will become the fastest console ever, fastest selling console ever, after topping 10 million sales in just under a month, faster than the PS4 managed. Uh, That will continue to rise. But the issue with this company's a report. I wanted to quickly touch on this. Uh, PlayStation are only selling one million consoles because there's a chip shortage. So how are they going to sell 18 million units? I don't understand this. Um, I don't know because I mean they did manage to take out. I think it was something like 12 to 15 million PlayStations they made in the first year. A lot of that was scooped up by scalpers though. Uh, there's a shortage this year. I don't know how many. I mean, they're, they're still drip feeding consoles of like two to three hundred thousand every couple of months. Uh, they're going out to retailers. They're usually scooped up like that. You can't really get hold of one. I know Shinobi managed to get one this past week. He bought a digital one. Um, but how did he get very, it? Sorry. What avenue? How did he get it? Uh, I think he went to a shop and pre-ordered it. Uh, okay. And then they had when they had stock in the next day, and they had a couple of consoles in. Uh, he was camping outside the shop and managed to grab one. The issue is, is that there isn't a lot of consoles to sell anyway. There's a right. massive global shortage because of the fact that the chip shortages and parts are not available. So I don't know how they're going to sell 18 million consoles when PlayStation has already said they're not going to be releasing this many. I mean, uh, that that doing... that almost literally sounds like a joke. It's it's like we we can't. We don't have enough consoles to give them to all the people who want them, but then we're going to say that we're going to sell 18 million. Like when? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when's that going to happen? I can't get my hands on a PS5. You know what I mean? No, I, I've tried repeatedly. And every time I go to every store I can think of, they're always said sold out. Uh, I haven't heard, even had an email back saying they're in stock. So I don't know, but I think with this Activision deal, uh, Xbox will probably overtake PlayStation this year. Because if this Activision Blizzard, or at least next year, because I think this Activision Blizzard sale, um, and they are looking at buying more, apparently, as well. Uh, I'm curious. You mentioned uh, Nintendo. The Switch is projected to sell 22 million. You mean total or this year? This year. 22 22 million million in one year? 
Yeah, apparently, yeah. What? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the Switch OLED. Switch is the best-selling console. They always have a game at number one uh, in the official charts. So they're always at the top of the list. Two, three, four, five are usually Nintendo. How many? How many Switches were sold in 2021? Uh, let me have a look at this quickly. Let me have a look. Nintendo Switch sales 2021. I bought a switch. I bought a switch in 2020, and um, I love it. I think the switch is awesome. 22 mm. million in one year—that's a lot. Uh, last two years since launch, uh, they have sold 92.87 million units. Oh, damn, All which right. is a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not nearly 93 million units they've sold. Uh, of the Nintendo Switch since launch, and I think it's been out for like what four or five years, uh, which is a lot. That's uh, averaging roughly about fifteen to twenty units per year, fifteen yeah, twenty million units. Um, but that is still ahead of a lot of consoles, and I'm not surprised Nintendo is actually selling that well. Uh, last but not least, uh, Phil Spencer has said he will let Activision Studios work on a variety of franchises. Uh, there is calls for uh, Crash Bandicoot to make a return, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, um, Guitar Hero. These are all IPs owned by Activision. Uh, they was looking at the IP list. He said King's Quest Guitar Hero. I should know this, but I think they got Hexion. Uh, according to the publication, Spencer said to the Xbox team they will talk with developers about working on a variety of franchises, not just Call of Duty or World of Warcraft. Uh, some of which I'm very excited for. He did mention one, True Crime, uh, from the original PS2 days, uh, which is one where you basically played a cop. I thought those games were fantastic. They are brilliant. Uh, Spyro the Dragon was another one. Pitfall, Prototype, Singularity, Soldier of Fortune. These are some of the games that Phil Spencer is mentioning. Singularity? Yeah. Dude, Singularity is one of my favorite first-person shooters. That game's fucking incredible. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. You are with 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 reason. <laughs> All right. Just 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 not like we don't want that. <coughs> anyway, um, some of these are fantastic. These are games that Phil Spencer is looking at. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got cough for some reason. Um, speaking of separate interview with VentureBeat this week, though, Bobby Coach said he will continue to serve throughout the acquisition process, uh, despite the allegation of discrimination against him. Uh, he'd also like to see Microsoft bring back some currently retired series, which you could have done yourself. You are the CEO, you idiot. Kotich uh, <laughs> cited Guitar Heroes and Skylanders. Uh, they were extremely popular for Activision in the past, but eventually shelled for numerous reasons. One of which was the reason for a, a need for a separate manufacturing team. Some said Kotich said he wasn't prepared to set up that he feels Microsoft should be equipped for. Uh, Microsoft will continue to run uh, games like Candy Crush, uh, we're gaining more and multiplayer experience. They will be taking that over very shortly. Ah, that being what said. Hold on. I don't understand why these giant companies, like all this damage control, you got to imagine like how much effort and money it costs. Instead of doing damage control 24-7 and like, why don't you just improve your company's culture? Like, why don't you just, yeah. just make things better for your employees? Doesn't that sound easier? Yeah. It should be that easy, but they seem to struggle with that. I don't, I yeah. don't understand why it's so difficult for them, to be honest. I don't, but, I don't but, understand them. But at the same time, I have to say right now, I got to put some of the responsibility on the gamers. 
all we do as gamers is complain about companies and then give them their money. That's all we do as gamers. So yeah. if you really don't like a company, then don't buy their games. That's all it is. All I do is complain about Warzone, but I play it every day. Yeah. I mean, people said the same thing uh, with Call of Duty, like how people should be giving them money, and then they went ahead and bought Vanguard. Like I don't, I don't get it to be honest, but you can't really. You could, you can tell people. It depends where they, where they go after that. You can only keep them informed. And I'm uh, one of. I just want to say that I'm one of them. Like I, I'm not saying like gamers are the other. I am one of them. It's, it's like yeah. everyone. We all are. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Cody needs a deals of the week. There's no Callum again. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I have tried to reach out to him this week, but I will be taking over deals of the week this week. Uh, so. Uh, at Iniba deals, uh, £50 PlayStation credit you can get for £41 and 8p uh, with code UK Hot Deals. Uh, that's with at Iniba, it's by Rare Game. Uh, it's currently 18% off. Uh, Refurbished Creative Sound Blast X Katana Gaming Soundbar uh, is down from £231 to £120. Uh, that is at Helpdesk IT on eBay. We will leave the link to these obviously down below. Uh, EA Play three months you can get for three pound ninety nine. Uh, that also comes on EA Game Deals. You need to search for like all those deals. You have to be a new customer though. Unfortunately, you don't get that completely off. Uh, also, uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition on PlayStation Store is currently two pound thirty nine, down from fifteen pound ninety nine. That is a very good deal. That game is phenomenal. Go check that out. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is currently fifty pounds at Curry's. Uh, which free postage and packaging so you can get shipped for nothing. Uh, that game is apparently going to retail for 70 so that's going to be a £20 deal off. Uh, also, uh, in Nintendo Switch, uh, 12 months is currently £315. Um, that's only down by a couple of pounds, but there's very rarely that price drops for Nintendo Switch Online. That is the expansion pack as well for the entire year. That's still a hell of a lot of money, but still... Uh, Next up, Sega Vintage Collection got with Golden Axe on the Xbox Series X. Uh, it's currently £2.3p. That is 70% off. Uh, the Indie House Bundle 12 Games is currently £6.64. Humble Bundle. Mm -hmm. uh, and last but not least on here, uh, Falconeer Warrior Edition for PS5 is currently £18.10 with non-prime access. Uh, at game this week, uh, there is a couple of new deals if you are in the UK. We will get to US in just a second. Uh, but currently, you can get a couple of games for two for £20 Nintendo Switch. These are including uh, Marion Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Uh, there's also Assassin's Creed 3 Remaster, Lego uh, Incredibles. There's a hell of a lot of deals on there. Uh, Curries-wise, if you are looking for a new PC, and you should be, uh, because I think P gaming PCs are... Uh, very expensive, but you can also get a pre-built laptop for gaming if you are interested. Uh, the Acer 715 15.6 Chromebook uh, with 128 gigabytes of RAM in grade, currently £70 off, was 399 now down to 329 uh, You can also save tremendously on the Apple MacBook Air 13.3 with M1 256 gigabyte SSD. Uh, that's £60 off, 889 now. Uh, you can also save £70 on the Acer Aspire 5. Uh, from Curry's. Uh, also, Lenovo Legion 5 15.6 gaming laptop with AMD Ryzen 7 and RCX 3070, which is a very good graphics card. It's not the 3090, but it's still very, very, very good. Uh, you can save £200 right now 
Um, I got McCurry as a now down to eleven hundred and ninety nine pounds, down from nearly fourteen hundred. Uh, also, Lenovo Legion five fifteen point six with thirty sixty five hundred twelve gigabyte SSD. Uh, that's two hundred pounds off now, down to nine hundred. Uh, you can also save three hundred and fifty pounds on an MSI GS sixty six Stealth uh, with a nine seven RTX thirty sixty. Uh, that is now down to 119, £350 off. Last but not least, Acer Predator Triton 315.6 uh, with an i7 and an RTX 3080, uh, which is the generation just before the current one. Uh, that is £1,749, is £250 off. Uh, if you are now in Walmart, uh, we are. if you're in the US, we're going to give you some deals on these as well. Uh, the MSI GF65 Thin 15.6, uh, that is currently $300 off, 1199 now. Uh, you can also, also, if this loads properly, uh, you can get £200 off at the Asus TUF Gaming 17.3, uh, which is an Intel Core i5, 8GB of RAM that is currently 900 uh, down from $1,099. Uh, you can also get another $100, $150 off on a Dell G5 15.6. Uh, there's a couple more deals. We'll leave a link to them all down below. Or you can find them on our Discord channel. Uh, we do post on there frequently. Uh, Jared, over to you for your indie game highlight. What game are you going to highlight for this week? Uh, we mm-hmm. do, you obviously spoke about Summer Mad- Summertime Madness. You interviewed that developer. Yeah, so I actually can... I, what I, I'd like to do... Um... Can I talk briefly about the two that went live yeah, yeah, the cool. week before and then the two that are going live? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah, so this past Monday, I uh, published an episode with Davide Polino of uh, DP Games. His game is called Summertime Madness. It's a first-person puzzle game. It's, like, surreal. It has a beautiful art style. It reminds me of games like The Witness. Um it is an excellent game, and this month, uh, January, I think, 26, it's coming to consoles. So it'll be on Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. I highly recommend that game. It's pretty cheap. It's very, very fun. Uh, and then on Thursday, I put out an episode about a new 3D adventure game called Capia, which is coming from a developer studio called 2 for 2. Capia is like a, it's like a, it has like fixed camera angles. It's kind of like a Resident Evil game almost because you can move the character around. But it has like point and click elements. I only played the demo, but the game is releasing on January 25th on GOG and Steam. And then tomorrow, my next episode is with George Remus of Darkania Works. His game uh, is called Grey Dawn. Grey Dawn is amazing. It came out in 2018. It's kind of like a horror walking sim, but it's really, really good. He's working on another game, which comes out pretty soon called Last Days of Lazarus in a similar style. I highly recommend Grey Dawn. I really enjoyed it. And then finally on Thursday, uh, I'm doing for my 30th episode, I'm going to publish the first interview I ever did with Andrea Brash of Lovable Hat Cult. Lovable Hat Cult made a game called Journey of the Broken Circle, which is probably in my top 10 favorite indie games. That game is amazing. And uh, her interview was really cool. You can, If you've ever listened to my other interviews, you can listen to that first interview and hear how honestly bad I was at interviewing people. But <laughs> and, Andrea did a great job. And... Um, all four of the games that I just mentioned, Summertime Madness, Capia, uh, Journey of the Broken Circle, and Grey Dawn are all excellent indie games that I strongly suggest anyone check out. And listen to the episodes if you want to hear about how they were made. Cool. Uh, links to all of that will be down below. I will include the Darren's uh, podcast. You can find it on the podcast tab if you're interested in listening. We are looking for more podcasts as well. If you run a podcast, gaming, movies, 
uh, tech, anything like that, you want to talk about anything nerd, culture inspired, uh, we are looking for more podcasts. Send us an email. All we need is your RSS link and some artwork. Uh, next up, uh, beautiful weird stories this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, somebody made a Pokemon first person shooter where you go around killing Pikachu. I heard about this. <laughs> I've watched the trailer. It is phenomenal. Um, it is an unofficial Pokemon FPS game. You can shoot any Pokemon you wish. Uh, they started work. This came from a guy called Dragon Game Dev Two uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's an indie developer. Uh, regardless of how disturbing this fan project may sound, it is really impressive. It looks like an actual Pokemon game, uh, but right. you have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can go around shooting Pokemon. Uh, that would sound very cool if it wasn't for the fact that, really disappointingly, uh, Nintendo have copyright strikes the game and taking it down, uh, which I'm really unhappy about. Uh, they've stated that it was a real game that was in development. It had trailers out. Uh, the copyright strike has basically taken down the developer's YouTube channel. Uh, which is really unhappy. I'm not happy with that. Uh, they're trying to access YouTube channel, just leaves a message. The video is no longer available. Uh, the Pokemon Company have uh, issued copyright strikes. They're also looking at trademark disputes because of the fact that they've used actual uh, poly um, images and artwork from Pokemon. Uh, they get off. Honestly, I, I, I laughed when I saw the trailer. I thought it was amazing. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, there's another weird story this week. Assassin's Creed was apparently most to end on a spaceship. Uh, yeah, uh, the series had always paired exploring with historical time periods, but apparently uh, there was a plan uh, for Desmond Miles' story uh, to end up on a spaceship. Uh, they, uh, When Dewell asked Decelis what they were going, they said, boom, it's a freaking spaceship. Uh, they wrapped up very differently in this plan instead of focusing on modern day Miles, uh, also known as Connor Genway, an assassin during the time of the American Civil War, uh, Revolutionary War. Uh, space is still an option for the series, apparently. Uh, Ubisoft said they would like to go uh, into space, which is strange. Uh, the upcoming expansion for Assassin's Creed Valhalla turns players into Odin. Uh, you can, obviously, Valhalla is still out. They are bringing out frequent DLC, and the game is still supposed to go to a live service at some point. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but it will eventually happen. Uh, apparently, also, <laughs> fan beats Pokemon Shining Pearl with unknowns that spell boobs. Uh, I don't, I don't know what it's childish, but there are a lot of challenges in the Pokemon community right now. Uh, one user has said Twitch streamer Matt the Fossil Jock uh, shared his success in a Twitch clip and on the Pokemon subreddit. Uh, unknowns can come in a variety of shapes that resemble letters, uh, with which means clever players can spell out words with their team if they so choose. Uh, only six Pokemon on the team are limited what you can spell. However, he spelt his with a team called Team Boobs. Uh, the he's put a finishing shining pearl he beat the game with a team that spelled out boobs anyway uh well, i know news <laughs> yeah apparently it's news it's, it's in the news i wanted to quickly cool. share that because it's ridiculous and childish but anyway right. uh skyrim also a skyrim player showed off his pit pocketing skills by undressing the entirety of whiterun <laughs> Everybody's walking around naked because he nicked all their clothes. Uh, and they don't, and they don't know it, right? Yeah, apparently, apparently the NPCs are just walking around without any clothes on because he's That's nicked amazing. all of their clothes. It's mad. <laughs> uh, he had poured hundreds of hours. Apparently, it took him hundreds and hundreds of hours. He's reached level 100 in pit pocket and unlocked the perfect touch skill. 
Uh, you, apparently, you can steal clothes right off people's bodies. Uh, they walk around completely naked without care in the world. <laughs> and this, and the skill is called perfect touch. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. <laughs> but well done to him. I've actually got to see. I've got to see if anybody's recorded this because I would like yeah. to see how it's done. Uh, I do still play Skyrim. That is one of my favourite games. Uh, quick bit of shout out though to Super Rare Originals. Uh, Super Rare Games are a team we work, have worked with before. Uh, shout out to Ryan who's probably listening. Um, Super Rare is a very, very cool developer. They have just announced, uh, because they are known usually for releasing physical editions. The Switch games are in the developers that can't afford to release physical. Uh, they usually do, and there's a number of games. They've now turned into a publisher uh, and have announced five new games that are going to be released, including Grapple Dog, Completely Stretchy, uh, Lone Ruin, The Gecko Gods, and Post Void. Uh, they haven't been acquired for billions of dollars, I have affirmed, uh, but they are looking at uh, developing more and publishing more indie development titles. Congratulations to them. They are extremely, extremely cool. Uh, very nice bunch of guys. Uh, if you are interested in anything they're doing, we'll leave a link to the article. Uh, you can also find them on Twitter under Super Rare. Uh, Ryan is also on Twitter under Toad's Anime. Uh, most game developers, though, we spoke about NFTs previously. Um, I'm really, really getting sick of... We keep getting spam as well when inboxes from NFTs because we include NFT in our handle. We're not an NFT, all right? We're not We're not selling NFTs. We're a news outlet that talks about gaming NFTs. When companies release or gaming company releases an NFT, we will post about it because it's news. We're not actually selling it. Please stop sending us emails about this. It's really annoying. Uh, the majority of game developers, though, have no interest in NFT. A survey has found 70% of game developers have said they do not want to implement NFTs in their games, which is awesome. Uh, a new wide survey has reached out to 2,700 game developers about their work. Uh, one of the questions asked was, what is your studio's interest in non-fungible tokens? 70% uh, reply, not interested. 21% said somewhat interested, 7% said very interested, and only 1% answered that they are already developing them. Uh, Ubisoft Quartz uh, obviously has been an absolute tank. It still has not made any money whatsoever. <laughs> but, uh, they spent just over half a million dollars uh, developing Quartz, and they've made $400 back at this point. That's insane. So I will say I, I spend a lot of time in the uh, indie game uh, section of Twitter, yeah. And there is, I have seen almost zero support for NFTs from any of the people that I uh, interact with on Twitter. And it's quite a few indie devs. So, what, Why is it that indie developers are not interested? Because NFTs, for a, for the large part, especially in, in the press, are considered as this next big thing that's going to make them lots and lots of money. But it's only the AAA companies that have billions of dollars that are interested in exploiting that. When indie developers, you would think that need the money to make bigger games, are not interested. Where where is the comparison? Why is why is this happening? Why is it happening with indie developers? I think. I mean, I I don't. I, well, one of the things that people mostly post about that I've noticed is just the inability for people to actually understand that you can't just take a skin from one game and put it in another like that's just not how it works yes. the, the, who, who's that guy from the it was from linkin park i think it was a drummer he's saying oh but how about you can take nft from Fortnite and put it in call of duty the amount of coding that would be required yeah. to do that is just insane it's just i think it's just one of those things where it's like the person who would actually have to do this thing that you're saying would be a good idea is telling you that that's not only it's not just that it's a 
not a good idea. It's just not possible. Like, it's just not going to happen. So <clears throat> I think, and a lot of people talk about like the environmental impact too, honestly, things that have not, have, don't have to do with, you know, uh, gaming itself. But I think it's just a one person, one thing that somebody posted on Twitter, like that they were going to, the first, and they wanted to sell an NFT that was an image of an old uh, advertisement for snake oil because it's like the same thing. It's like yeah. just a useless thing that people are trying to sell. And I think I think the big companies, the publishers and the developers who are doing this, are doing it because they have the bandwidth and the extra like uh, R and D cash to see yeah. if it's viable. And if it's not, then they'll just write it off, maybe. And yeah. and smaller devs just don't even like smaller devs are just trying to implement a walking animation. They're not trying to like maximize their NFT portfolio. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm well in awe of indie developers. The amount of work they do in games, they don't make as much money as a AAA studio, but often their games are vastly better. Uh, it, it not just not just in terms of graphics, because not all developers can afford to make you know a AAA looking game. But the level of detail they put into their games, into the lore, into the dialogue, the story, the controls, the amount of work they put into it, they charge vastly less than a AAA publisher, and they're not. I, I don't know a single indie developer that's involved in a scandal. It's phenomenal. True, Thank you yeah. Very much of the indie developer <laughs> indie developer industry. You are leading the way in change. Thank that's you. That's awesome. Uh, one last bit of news before we get into a break. Take two. Uh, Strauss Zelnick uh, has said the the GTA glitch. Apologies for this because I have included the wrong link in there. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I will I will change that in a second. Uh, basically, he said that the GTA trilogy. Uh, has been a glitch the, with the issues at launch. Um, he stated the, the drama has <clears> continued. However, uh, the game is now selling really well, apparently, uh, which enabled them to buy Zynga because they want to bring their IPs to mobile uh, with, like, GTA, etc. I don't know how that's... I mean, you can get uh, GTA, I think it's 3, the original, and GTA, t- uh, GTA 3 and um, Vice City Stories on mobile uh, it will cost you a lot but you can do it um however he's uh Zilnick spoke about the issue of the gta trilogy saying they had to but wouldn't have put the game out before it was ready even though you did uh also regards to the trilogy is not exactly a new title this was a remaster uh they couldn't act I, I will say this again for people saying oh this is well done rockstar uh, they gave it to a mobile developer who had done some work modding uh previous rockstar games um because they did not have the team or the experience or the developers on staff to be able to do it themselves because they're now a team of amateurs who are making their first game and (laughs) is is gta 6 their first game it will be yeah 90 percent of the staff there now are just out of uni I bought I bought the GTA trilogy and I it was a it was a mistake. Yes, I did. I'll tell you that. I will never yeah. do it again. <laughs> yeah, I've I've learned from my mistakes. But this GTA Six will be this team's first game. Everyone's saying, "Oh, they bought out this for GTA Online." No, that stuff was already assets are already in the game. There were scripts that were already written for the game seven years ago that were meant for the story mode and never came to fruition because they wanted to bring out an online. They've kept that stuff back. So they could drip feed stuff for later on. All of this stuff, all of it, is stuff that was already ready to go. They've just drip fed it. 
the storyline with a number of GTA Online stuff is rubbish. They couldn't even remaster games that are 20 years old. Do not hold out hope for GTA 6. Anyway, uh, he said it was a glitch, it was a speed bump, uh, and it's going really well. That was Strauss Zelnick. Would you like to hear uh, <laughs> something that contradicts him? Sure. <laughs> Uh, GTA Trilogy hits new low in UK as it falls out of favour with customers. <laughs> Apparently, it's not even been in the top 40 for quite a while. Uh, the remastered collection made an exit from the chart just two weeks after its debut. Uh, it has sold less units than any other AAA <laughs> game released last year. Uh, they saw lots of bad reactions. People are not playing anymore and it's also one of the less played games on Game Pass. So whatever Strauss Zelnick says, take with a very big pinch of salt because right. he's uh, he's not being all that truthful with you. Uh, judging by the fact we can see market research, people have actually studied his response and found out he's lying. Anyway, uh, we're going to be jumping into a break. This is ABCDEFU by Gail. Uh, we'll be back very shortly. Thank you very much for joining us on the Talking Games podcast, episode 47. You're listening to the Talking Games. The Talking Games podcast. On gamesinquirer.com. Made by gamers. For gamers. gamers. <laughs> Forget you, any mom, any sister, any job, any broke down car, and the things you call art. Forget you, any friends that I'll never see again. Everybody but your dog, you can all get lost. I swear I'm into me. When it ended Even tried to bite my tongue When you started Now you're texting all my friends Asking questions They never even liked you in the first place They did a girl that I hate For the attention She only made it two days What a connection It's like you do anything For my affection You're going all about it In the worst ways Should 
Welcome back. Uh, this is episode 47 of Talking Games Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, there's no Chloe or Bam Bam this week. Chloe's having internet problems and Brandon has had to do a road trip. Um, but we will have a couple of new articles on the website this week, a couple of new features. I'm doing the top 10 on the best Game Pass games to get. Uh, if you're looking outside of the uh, core ones that most people will download, there is a number of indie titles on there. Uh, Jared may want to drop in some suggestions on Game Pass if you can. Um, for indie developers, games that are great, you definitely have to try out. Uh, there will also be a couple of new theories up there this week as well. Um, Netflix, uh, there is a couple of new shows coming to Netflix. Uh, Space Force drops on the 18th of February. It's a show I'm very much looking forward to. Season one was phenomenal. Uh, but as far as gaming goes, uh, Netflix is aiming to have the absolute best gaming service in the industry. That's according to Netflix Insider. Uh, they have stated uh, with the announcement that they recently purchased another studio, uh, they are looking um, to bring in more studios. Uh, CEO Reed Hastings asked about the company's approach. Uh, to interactive content over the long term uh, his answer was we have to be different uh, differentially great at it there is no point of just being in it uh, hastings effectively pointed out the idea of netflix basically becoming a gaming service subscription service like game pass uh, he said we definitely crawl walk run and like it's let's nail the thing and not just be in it for the sake of being in it for a press release uh, they've got to release our please our members by having the absolute best in the category uh, Netflix games is not doing too well at the moment because they've only got about, I think it's about six games, isn't it? Six, seven games on there. Uh, it's not going great. Uh, again, rolling out its service in November, uh, which allowed players an active Netflix subscription to jump into a set of mobile games. Uh, the service initially included five, uh, they, including the Stranger Things games, which was out on iOS and Android. Uh, if you're paying extra for Netflix to play games you can get for free on your mobile, please don't. Uh, Netflix plans to keep building on that early offering. Uh, part of a shareholder letter dated in January 20th, so this past Thursday, uh, the company spoke about its gaming services future. Uh, they have stated they're looking at very early days, but they're pleased with the progress. Uh, they'll expand their portfolio of games across both casual and core gaming genres. How, hopefully, they'll also hear what's coming from Night School, which is a developer who made Oxen Free and is making Oxen Free 2. That game will also be out on Netflix. They are looking to expand now and possibly bring in some new developers. Uh, as far as we've heard, um, but we will find out probably later this year. They are most likely, if there's going to be anything, it'll be around the summertime. Uh, Batman, though, no. I want to quickly speak on this. This is a movie I'm dying to see. Uh, it's, practic- it's inspired by a real-life serial killer. Uh, your thought, Quick. Uh, the movie is inspired by the Zodiac Killer murders. What's my thought on that? Yeah. I mean, if you've made 500 Batman movies and 500 Batman video games and there's so many things about Batman, you might as well go in another direction and make it a horror movie. Uh, That sounds cool to me. I definitely don't want to watch the Dark Knight trilogy remade again. Uh, And I definitely don't want to watch whatever Zack Snyder was doing again. But I'm down with uh, this Zodiac. I mean, Batman's cool. If he's doing horror, I'm there. I mean, that that is, it seems like a natural progression for the Batman character to be able to, to move into horror because his whole thing is fear. Right. Um, but it's going to be, apparently the, the enemy in this, the bad guy, the villain, is going to be Riddler. 
Uh, and Matt Reeser said he's go as far as to say his superhero detective movie is almost a horror uh, because it's based off a real life serial killer. Um, he released the grisly inspiration behind his series uh, behind this movie. Uh, the premise of the movie is that Riddler is kind of molded in an almost Zodiac killer style of sort of mode. And is killing very prominent figures in Gotham. Uh, they are pillars of society. They are supposedly legitimate figures. It begins with a mayor and escalates from there. Uh, if you guys don't know who the Zodiac Killer is, uh, I will quickly tell you some of the things this guy actually did. And it's really disgusting. Uh, Zodiac Killer is a serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late 1960s. Uh, there is a couple of books and movies based on him. One of which I think uh, had, I think it, was, it wasn't Brad Pitt, was it? Uh, yeah. It's a it's a David Fincher film and it's got um, Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaul, um, yes, yes. Robert Downey Jr. So it's supposed to be a very good film. I've never seen it, but I, I, I have seen it. That's the movie I was thinking of. Um, it is a very, very good film. It comes rather creepy in the end. Uh, Zodiac Killer for a number of years up to recently was never discovered. They still don't know his true identity. Um, but there was a number one where he shot two kids in a car, etc., if they're inspired after this, this movie is going to be very good because there is a lot of uh, backstory. There is a lot of lore. There's a lot of uh, sources they can pull from to be able to make this. They aren't just making it from scratch, which I think is a lot of issues with the DC universe is that they're writing stuff that has nothing to do with the source material to try and create new stories. Um, but they're, they're, they're bringing this to a Batman movie. There was a recent trailer that gave us focus and determined Batman uh, Reese explained the film occasionally has more in common with a horror movie. Uh, Batman is still acting like a detective at its heart, at its, uh, the story's a detective story at its heart, but however, they are pulling from real life. Uh, the idea of a place that is corrupt, you try to swim against the tide in order to fight against it, is the quintessential Batman. Uh, it's going to be more noir based, uh, from the, which is a, a, a sort of film that was made in the 1950s and 60s. They are bringing that to more modern day. It has been confirmed as a PG-13 film, though. Uh, so we are looking at a 15R rated Batman, thankfully. Uh, Robert Pattinson is obviously playing Batman. Is also Zoe Kravitz uh, as Lillian Carl. And Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth, which is a very good uh, casting And Andy Serkis. Uh, Jeffrey Wright will be James, James Gordon. Uh, Colin Farrell, though, is one casting I'm very surprised about. He's going to be playing Oswald Cobblepot or Penguin. Uh, Paul Dano will be playing the Riddler. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Colin Farrell and his makeup and all that? I haven't yet, no. He's, I, dude, he's un unrecognizable. I like Colin Farrell a lot, so I bet that'll be good. Let, it'll be, let, it, let, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be a step up from uh, Bullseye. <laughs> I'm looking at this now. Oh, my God. He it doesn't, doesn't he, look like Colin Farrell at all. It looks like a middle-aged, like, I don't even know, like drunk. some kind of He's, he's got, like, a drunk nose. Yeah. Like, he's been drinking too much. But that is but, phenomenal makeup. I'm I will say, I will say, it honestly doesn't surprise me that Batman is going really dark. Because, I mean, look at Joker. People ate that up. And that is so dark, and it's nothing like your typical superhero movie. So, they're, I think DC is realizing that going dark is the only way to combat <clears throat> the lightheartedness of Marvel. Because you yeah. can't match it. You just got to go in the opposite direction. Yeah. They did try that with the Avengers film and it didn't work. Um, the original movie, I think, who was it that made the original? Was, it wasn't you mean Zach, Justice was, League? Yeah, Justice League. Thank you. It wasn't Zack. So was it Zack Snyder cut? The director's yeah. cut he made? That was vastly better than the uh, the one they bought out where like changed it. Because they tried to go too much Marvel, make jokes right. and it didn't work. 
Um, but I do like when they do DC goes more gritty because it feels more realistic. And Marvel's supposed to be, you know, there's gods and people with superpowers and stuff. DC is right. the opposite way. They should, they they're opposite. They should stick to that. But right. anyway, uh, Marvel. Speaking of Marvel, uh, is coming up movie and TV slate. They have announced the next this year's series. Uh, coming to the MCU, uh, we do know Moon Knight is dropping on Disney Plus March 30th. Uh, there is a trailer out. You can find it on the media tab on the website. There is a trailer on there for Moon Knight if you want to go check that out. Uh, Doctor Strange, May 6th, uh, In the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that is another TV show or movie I'll be definitely checking out. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is coming July 8th. I'm suspecting that's going to be the movie of the summer. Uh, Miss Marvel has come to Disney Plus this year as well. Uh, there's also Wakanda Forever, which comes out November 11th, uh, and the Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special will be on Disney+. Plus. We're also expecting She-Hulk on Disney+, Plus at some point this year. Uh, there's also an unti- untitled Halloween special on Disney+, Plus at some point this year as well. We don't know when that is. It's probably going to be about Halloween, so late October. Uh, and that is it for Disney+. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to a number of them. I think there's going to be a couple of movies there. Is there any out of that you're looking most looking forward to from Disney's releases? Definitely Multiverse of Madness because I've honestly I've heard that that's kind of like a horror movie too. And I, I I feel like don't don't quote me on this, but I feel like I read that they're getting Blade involved. Maybe yes. like there's going to be vampires in Multiverse of Madness. Blade is like all time. Blade and Punisher are my two favorite Marvel characters. Blade is such a badass. Um, so I'm down. I mean I think Wesley Snipes is the best Blade, but I'll take what i can get if they don't have him in there uh mm. I, I love i love blade and and i thought the first uh doctor strange movie was <clears throat> some of the best cgi i've ever seen in in any movie and so i'm very excited for for the next one i'm, I'm hoping wesley snipes is in this because he is the quintessential blade they tried to remake it with a tv series a different actor and it yeah. didn't work at all and i did not like that actor's role Wesley Snipes for me is the quintessential Blade. His own, like you couldn't imagine anyone else playing Thor. Right. Same with Blade. You can't really I imagine agree. anyone else but Wesley Snipes. He is the perfect character for that role. Definitely. Uh, um, but last couple of last stories. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection has just got a launch trailer. Uh, it dropped um, like a couple of days ago. Actually, uh, they are have announced it is launching January twenty eighth for PS five. Uh, and if Tess Pressure of the remaster, Sony has launched a new launch trailer. Uh, the trailer gives a taste mm-hmm. of what a Thieves End and Lost Legacy will look like uh, because it is a remaster for PS5. Uh, we see in the trailer uh, there is they have brought back 3D audio. There is now dual sense support as well. Uh, along the trailer, the management of communications for Naughty Dog Rochelle Schneider, uh, PlayStation blog on the PlayStation blog, to look to share her announcements coming and improvements that have come together. She wanted to appeal to both returning and new players saying that the trailer together was an exercise in revisiting favourite moments and sharing what they love about the franchise. The new, um, uh, what's it, Uncharted movie is due for release, I think, in some point in June or July. I know it's supposed to come out in the summer, um, but that movie looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, And it could be that they're dropping this because of the movie, but I think there may be, I have heard rumours of this for quite a while, there will be another Uncharted game uh, coming eventually. We don't know too much, anything about it. We just know there is apparently one that they are in early pre-development of a new Uncharted game, so basically script writing, etc. Um, so we will see where that goes. I will, we will obviously keep you updated if there's any news on Uncharted because I love that series. Uh, last but not least, uh, Steam Deck uh, has been going through gold compatibility testing. 
Uh, the ratings show around half of the games tested so far works flawlessly, uh, which is only 50%, which is kind of worrying. Uh, but Persona 4 Golden Age won't work on the new handheld. So the newest uh, <laughs> Steam game is quite popular. It doesn't work on the Steam Deck. Uh, there's the suitability ratings have started rolling out. Just over half of the games have worked without any compromises. Uh, the list on Steam B, Steam DB, uh, which does require a Steam account for you to log in, shows all the games that currently have an official Steam Deck rating from Valve testers. Uh, in the process of reviewing st- the catalogue, Steam is marking each game in one to four ratings designed to show how smooth the experience will be. Uh, the ratings are designed to let Steam Deck owners easily tell which games are best suited for playing on the deck. 67 games so far have been rated. 38 have been rated as verified, which means they have played without any issues whatsoever. Uh, 24 have been rated playable, which means they work on the Steam Deck, but there is uh, some issues and they're not completely seamless. And the most common reason for this is games which require the player to enter text, which is not available on Steam. Uh, one, only five games have been rated unsupported so far, for which are VR. So Steam Deck does not support VR, so the Steam VR will not be working on the Steam Deck. Uh, the other unsupported title is obviously Persona, Persona 4 Golden. Uh, Steam doesn't explain why it doesn't work, they just said it doesn't work. Uh, there is a list, I will not be speaking about this right now, uh, but we will link it down below if you want to go check the full list out. Uh, according to Valve, a game can only be verified if it ticks all four of input, seamlessness, display and system support. Uh, and 37 of them have matched that. Uh, but that is it. Thank you everybody for joining us. It's been episode 47 of the Talking Games podcast. Uh, there is a... Uh, uh, tweet up if you are a developer and be interested in having your own group on our website uh, basically we have a, a, a blog writers account so you'll be able just like uh, jared and me you'll be able to write posts on the website this also gives you access to run your own group uh, you can live stream directly to the website uh, that has to be given admin support so we can book you in for times because we can't have more than i think two accounts streaming at the same time um, but you can obviously stream on there. You will have access to our store. Uh, there is a whole load of stuff you can do with it. We are going to look into bring more stuff. Uh, that is the first initial rollout patch. If you are an indie developer and interested in running your own group on this website, because we do have social media support on Games Inquirer, you can do. Uh, send us an email, gamesinquirer at gmail.com. If it's business-related, involving QA testing, graphic design, web development, etc., email us info at buzzsawgames.com. That's info at buzzsawgames, B-U-Z-Z-S-A-W. Uh, and one of the team will get back to you very shortly. Uh, but thank you very much to Jared for joining us this week. Hey, thank you very much. Hope you have a, a great weekend, buddy. Yes, sir. Uh, same to you. I very much enjoyed the conversation. I very much enjoy learning all these news stories from you. I like how you curate everything for me, in addition to for the listeners. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited for next week. Uh, what's your next episode out tomorrow? What's, who's that with? It's um, George Remus about the uh gray dawn great dawn uh definitely yeah, go yeah. check that out there will be a link on twitter apologies for last week i completely forgot about thursday's episode i had too much work to do uh that will be up in just a little bit i will post out on twitter the links so you can go listen to it uh but that's gonna do it we'll be back next week same time same place sunday 6 p.m uh don't forget to tune in uh quick oh quick bit of announcement though uh youtube uh we are looking for more youtube editors because we have been neglecting YouTube now for about three months, and I'm very sorry to the followers on there, subs, subs on now. Um, 
Callum had some issues with uni, so he, he stopped, kind of fell out of the pattern of doing the midweek. Um, and I've been trying to get videos done, but I've been wrapped up with work. There is a lot at the moment going on, especially paperwork and trying to get investors and game development and all that sort of stuff. So we are struggling with numbers. But if you are interested in running videos or creating your own videos, basically Games Inquiry would be your channel as well. Uh, so everybody that works on it stands to profit from it. Uh, but if you are interested, send us an email. There is a jobs page under contact on the website. Definitely go check that out if you are interested. We're also looking for another Xbox reviewer uh, because we do need some more reviewers on staff because game reviews are going to start picking up in the next week, few weeks or so. So we need to have more people on staff because there's going to be a lot this year. Uh, Wait, but why, that means why particularly Xbox? Because we've got three PlayStation, three PC and only one Xbox reviewer. <laughs> So if there's what, any Xbox what? games coming out, we're going to be kind of stuffed. All right. Like, it's, it's, I feel like there's so few exclusives that come out on Xbox. I, I know, but the, the thing is where we get, when we get given a code, it's, we get a set list of what platforms we can have it on. And okay. if they run out of PlayStation or PC and Got they it. have to give it to us on Xbox, we then don't have the reviewers to catch up with that Xbox review because it's Got not it, get Xbox. It. We do need one more. If you are interested in reviewing games on Xbox, Series X or Xbox One, send us a message. Uh, you can also apply through that link, jobs, uh, gamesinquirer, forward slash contact, forward slash jobs. Uh, get in contact if you are interested. That being said, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. I've been a major. Me, over and out. We'll see you soon. Take care, guys. Sweet.